Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon podcast from the First United Methodist Church of Parable. Good morning. Our focus text this morning is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Let us read along. Now, as they went on their way, he, being Jesus, entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. May God bless our readings of the Holy Scripture this morning. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing unto you, my God, my rock, and my redeemer. If anything that is said is true today, write it on our hearts so that we may become deeper disciples of you. In Christ's holy name, amen. I grew up hearing this story in church a lot, a lot. I remember this story very well. In fact, um, I remember sitting on the back row at Lynchview uh, Baptist Church in Rose City, Arkansas. And we always sat on the back row uh, next to the exit. We were the closest ones to the exit. And I remember Dad sat on the end. He helped usher and work sound, and he sang the choir, so that gave him an easy in and out. And then it was me, and then my mom, and then my brother. Now, Mom sat between my brother and me, my brother and I, because she was the peacekeeper, and she was also the arm pincher. Anybody remember, remember that? <laughs> and I, I remember sitting there as a, as a tween, uh, about 10, 11, 12, and I remember the pastor telling this story, and I thought, oh, here we go again. We know what he's going to say. We've got to be still. We've got to spend time with God. What more can we learn from this story? And I remember when the preacher started preaching, I looked at my mom and I said, hey, dad's going to be still later this afternoon because he's going to put on golf and fall asleep. She didn't think that was funny, but I got a kick out of it. And I looked at dad and I started giggling. I looked back at mom and I said, preacher's doing real good today. He's already asleep. She laughed and then I still got in trouble for talking in church. When I saw this text um, in preparation for today, I, I had to share that story, but, but also that story offers us a pretty good question. What else can we learn from the text? What else can we learn from this story of Martha and Mary and Jesus? And, and something that's so amazing about the Bible, when we read Scripture, God's very Spirit breathes new life into the Word. And God's very Spirit breathes new life into us. And we might read a, a passage that we know well, and in reading that, God reveals something new for us to receive. And today, I hope that we receive that, that through Scripture we find how to be better disciples of Jesus Christ. How to be better disciples of Jesus Christ. So, in this story, we have two characters interacting with Jesus. There's Martha 
and there's Mary. And we, when we read this text before, as we heard from the children's lesson this morning, we visualize Martha being busy around the house preparing to receive guests, right? And that's a fairly appropriate assumption, right? That was the role of women during this time. This is something that society said, if you are receiving someone into your home, this is what women should be doing. So Martha was busy getting the house ready to welcome someone into their space. But where was Mary? Where was Mary? Well, Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. And so Mary, too, was doing something that was um, a societal norm, something that was normal in the society. Well, sort of, sort of. There's a rabbinic lore that reads this. Let thy house be a meeting house for the sages, and sit amid the dust of their feet, and drink in their words with thirst. I don't know about sitting on somebody's dusty floor, but I love that part of the phrase, drinking in uh, their words with thirst. Hear from a rabbi or a teacher or a friend, somebody who's imparting wisdom and listening, listening to them as though uh, you are thirsty, and it's going to listening to them as though you're taking in a drink of cold water, lemonade, or ice sweet tea on a hot summer day. But the passage goes on, Let thy house be a meeting house for the sages, and sit amid the dust of their feet, and drink in their words like with thirst, but talk not much with womankind. So in their tradition, women would be preparing to receive guests. So who would be sitting at a teacher's feet, drinking in words with thirst? Well, the men would. The men would. So Martha was fulfilling the role that was established by society for women, and Mary was doing the exact opposite. She was sitting at the teacher's feet. Martha was busy with all the tasks at hand, and Mary was doing something countercultural. Countercultural. And Martha wasn't too pleased. Martha left where she was, and she went to where Jesus was teaching. Martha left her task at hand, and she went and she found Mary and Jesus, and Martha told Jesus, tell Mary to get up from that dusty floor and come help me out. But what did Jesus say? Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by all the things, but Mary has chosen to be concerned with the one thing necessary. I'm not going to take that away from her. Mary was concerned with the one thing necessary. On the surface of this story, we can take away a very basic lesson. Don't be too busy. Don't be distracted by so many things that you're not spending time with God. And that's a great reflection. Don't be distracted by all that's going around you, but be still like Mary. But what else might we get from this text? Luke is a great writer, and leading up to this story, Luke utilizes a motif or a recurring idea throughout the text, the stories leading up to this. So let's see if we can discover what this is. First, we have the story of Jesus's mother and brothers. They make a journey to go see Jesus, and there's a crowd around, and the crowd comes and says, Hey, Jesus, your, 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 your mom and your, your brothers are here. They've journeyed to see you, uh, but they can't get through to you. And Jesus says this, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. 
After that, we have the story where Jesus sends 72, uh, 72 disciples out on a journey, right? He says, go on a journey and go to different towns. And if you go into the town and they welcome you, go into their homes and eat bread with them, break bread, sit at the table, uh, develop a relationship. If they don't welcome you, kick the dust off your feet and move on. Then we have this story of a good Samaritan, one who cared for another who was on a journey, and during their journey, they were robbed and they were left for dead. And, and even their kinfolk walked by them. But it was the Samaritan who saw a need and met that need. And now here is a story where Jesus and the disciples were on a journey. And Jesus stops in to see Martha and Mary. And in this story, we journey with Martha throughout the plot. Did you guess what the motif was? It's a journey. It's a journey. So throughout all these scriptures, we have this shared motif of a journey, and they all come together to teach us something wonderful. Luke uses these journey stories to give us a picture of what a model disciple of Jesus Christ looks like. And as this picture unfolds throughout all this text, these two stories, the Good Samaritan and the story of Mary and Martha, go hand in hand. What's interesting is that Luke tells the story of the Good Samaritan featuring a certain man, one on a journey. And through that story, Jesus is teaching the disciples a lesson on seeing others and responding to their needs. Luke writes this story for today. He says this story pertains to a certain woman, Martha, who is on a journey of her own. And she is taking care of all of the things. The past couple of years, I've been in a cohort for ordination. And in that cohort, there's several interviews that take place, lots of reading and writings and interviews. Once a year, we have these major interviews. Now, this particular year uh, was a, a, a continuing year for me. So my interview was very short and brief, and I loved it. But for those who have been through this process, this was their final interview. If you watch March Madness, this was kind of like the final four. They met before three subcommittees of the Board of Ordained Ministry, and then they met with the bishop. So this was kind of it. And they go all day, and they're asked all these questions. And when the day was over, I called one of my friends who went through all of her interviews. And uh, I said, how'd it go? And she laughed. And she said, my last section was theology. And they asked me about whatever the question was. And she said, and you know, you know there's so much that can go on when you talk about theology. You have so many points. And so I gave uh, witness to where I've seen that happen in the life of the church and in my own life. And I, and I named all of the points that go along with that topic to make sure I covered everything that they wanted to hear. And she said, and when I finished, they were all silent and staring at me. And she said, so just in case I missed something, I said, and you know, all of the things that go along with that. All of the things can sometimes be overwhelming. But Martha was doing all of the things. When Luke writes this story, and, and he tells us what she's actually doing, he uses this particular word, diakonian. And this word is seen sometimes in Scripture several times. And when we see this word, uh, diakonia, we actually get this word is where we get our word uh, deacon. Right? It means service. It means service. And when we see this word in text, service and ministry always go hand in hand. Service and ministry 
always go hand in hand. And so the question for us this morning is, was Martha just cooking in preparation for the home for Jesus to come? Or, you know, perhaps. Or was Martha engaging in ministry? Was Martha engaging in ministry, the ministry of hospitality? And being engaged in ministry of caring for others, was she so distracted by all of the things that pertain to that part of ministry that she missed something? Martha goes to Jesus and asks for help. And I don't think she's wrong in doing so. We can think about another story in the Bible where someone is busy with all the things of ministry. And it was Moses. And Moses was trying to do everything for ministry by himself. And it was his father-in-law, Jethro. I love that name. Jethro, who came up to Moses and said, Moses, you can't do this by yourself. You're going to have to have help. So Martha goes to Jesus and asks for help. But when Jesus responded to her, Jesus said, Martha, you are worried about all of the things, but only one thing is needed. One thing. And Mary has chosen what is better. Is it possible that Mary, like Martha, could have been busy with many other things in the ministry of hospitality? Perhaps. But Jesus said, at this moment... She has chosen what is better. At this moment, she has chosen what is better. Well, what is the better choice? Jesus doesn't really say. But we know that at the time, Jesus was on a journey himself. He was on the way to Jerusalem. He would teach around this area and eventually make his way into Jerusalem and eventually take the journey to the cross. So maybe the best choice for Mary at this moment was to engage in the hospitality of being present and listening to Jesus. As we're in the Lent season and we're looking into our own souls and thinking about our own faith and faith practices, I I want us to consider a few things that come from this text. If we hear this story as one person who is just busy in life and another person made time to be with Jesus, then perhaps we need to reflect on our own lives. How busy are we? How much time do we invest in what society tells us we should be doing versus what Jesus tells us we should be doing? Perhaps we should should be like Mary and go against the social norms and maybe say no to one or two or three or several things so we can spend time with Jesus. If we hear this story as one person that was so overwhelmed in ministry as another person chooses the ministry that they needed to be engaged in, Maybe we should reflect on our own lives as we engage in ministry. Are we like Martha, too busy of doing all of the things that we're not doing the thing that God has gifted us to do? Or can we be like Mary and find the one thing that we know God has called us to do? Perhaps something in the church that needs to be done. So in the story pertaining to a certain woman, Jesus is speaking, and both Mary and and Martha are listening. Luke's telling of the Good Samaritan and the story of Mary and Martha tell us a story of a disciple who exemplifies the virtues of seeing and hearing. And all of these stories that share this journey motif, when we bring these together, we find the model disciple, those who hear the word of God, those who see a need, and those who go and do. So how do we grow in our faith during the season of Lent? This is how. However we receive this story today, 
listen for the word of God, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, see the need, and then go and do the thing that God has called you to do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you join me in this closing prayer? God, your grace is far beyond our understanding, yet we are like Martha with our long to-do lists. Slow us down, Lord, and for now, simply remind us that only one thing is needful, that we be still before you and know that you are God. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about First United Methodist Church by going to our website at www.fumcparacle.org. May God bless you this week.